Hallelujah. A while back, last year, we were at a church, and we had a very special event. And the event was a water baptism. Now, water baptism in a nice little pool, it was, it was beautiful. And I, as I sat there or stood there in the water, I looked around, and I looked at the people. And as I did that, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a preaching that I had once heard, and then he brought the scripture to me. And the scripture was in John chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read that because it's important that the word of God is read before we start. Amen? The title of that one is The Healing at the Pool. Sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in Aramaic, is called Betsida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one was there, one had been there, an invalid, he had been there for 38 years. <laughs> when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there in this condition for that long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else always gets there before me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Actually, the scripture goes a little further, and it says that Jesus got in trouble for that one. Do you know why? It was on the, on the Sabbath day. Ooh, religious people. Mm-mm. But today, if I had to place a title on the preaching of this word, the title would be one word, maximum. I want you to really register maximum. Amen? So actually, look at your neighbor today and say, I want the maximum. And believe it. Amen? Okay. First, I want to talk about the God we serve. Amen? Like I, I, the songs were played, as they were playing this morning, it was talking about God. It was talking about God. It was, I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> it's right on. So, some of his attributes are as follows. In Exodus... God says, I am who I am. In Psalms, he says he endures forever. In Hebrews, he's the same today. And by the way, do you know that he bears the scars of his sacrifice forevermore? When we get to heaven, we're going to see the nail prints in his hands and in his feet and in his side. It says in Exodus that it is goodness. Merciful, gracious, abounding in goodness. 1 James 1.17 says, Every good, perfect gift comes from above. 
every gift. God is so good that He is actually the source of goodness. Amen? <laughs> grace. Ooh, that's a good one. Psalms 145, 17, He's full of grace in all His ways. Romans 3.24, for we being freely justified by His grace. We were freely justified. Ephesians 4.7, each one is given grace according to Christ's gift. It's a gift. Amen? By the way, it's not only a gift, it's also a blessing. Grace is a blessing. It's unearned, unmerited. But God chooses to whom he wants to give this blessing to. And you know what the Bible says about that? Look at John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Are you included in the world? Amen? So if you're included in the world, that means that you're going to get the grace. Amen? All right. He's holy. Now, Psalms 92, 2 and 3 says, Above all people, the Bible says he is above all principalities and powers. By the way, where are we seated? When we look at the Bible, where are we seating? Huh? In the heavens. Yeah, right. We're sitting at the right hand of the Lord. Amen? Are we above principalities and powers? Oh, hallelujah. Good, we're getting there. It's also immutability. God does not change, and that is a security for us as believers. God doesn't change his mind, his characteristics, his plan, or anything else. Amen? Wow. Just to name a few more. God is just, love, merciful, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscience, Psalms 147.5 says his understanding is infinite, he's righteous, he's self-existent, he is I am who says I am. This is just to give you an example of the kind of God we serve. Amen? We serve a mighty God. Amen? He is very special, no? Yes. All right. Listen, do you know that in the Old Testament times, a name was only, not only an identification, but it was also an identity when somebody had his name. The meaning behind God's names revealed a central personality and nature and the one who bears them. Some of his names are, just give you a few, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, Adonai, Lord Master, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there. Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord is our righteousness. Elohim, God. Jehovah Jiren, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. There's some more, but I believe we're getting the picture here that we serve a great and mighty God. Amen? If we go through the Bible, we see and hear Jesus saying quite a few times, 
I only do and say what the Father wants me to do and say. Amen? And if you go a little lower in John, you would see that. He talks about that right there. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was actually healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, casting out devils, getting people saved, raising the dead, changing the world as they knew it right there and then. Right? Amen. Uh, One thing's for sure, (laughs) he was messing up the religious dudes. Amen? (laughs) Oh, boy. They were not too happy with him. Okay. Now, was his reputation known throughout the land at that time, do you think? I mean, uh, I believe it spread like wildfire. They may not have had CNN in those days, but I am sure that the word of mouth traveled really good in those days. Look at your Bible, and you can read in the book of Matthew just how many people followed him when he went out to preach on a mountainside. He decided to feed them. You know how many people were there? 4,000 plus men and children, uh, wives and children. That's 4,000 men aside from the women and children. Then we go a little further. He does it again. How many people showed up this time? 5,000 plus women and children. Wow. Can you imagine feeding those people at a Christmas dinner? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we definitely need the Lord. Amen? <laughs> so, looking at that, I believe it's safe to say that his reputation was known throughout the land, was it not? Amen. Now, in some instances, we see people hearing of Jesus walking by. Uh, last week, I preached about that guy and this Bart- Bartimaeus? Yeah, Bartimaeus. He heard that Jesus was walking by. What did he do? He yelled out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him, what they do? Shh, shh, don't disturb, don't disturb the master. Did he listen to them? Did he yell even louder? Yeah. What happened when he yelled louder? Don't forget, Jesus is walking by. This guy's yelling. What did Jesus do? Bring him to me. Amen? If he would have listened to all the people around him, would his miracle have happened? So what did he have to do? He had to get Jesus' attention. Amen? We'll get a little further to that. Hallelujah. (laughs) So Jesus stops. There you go. Uh, So he actually helped him with his infirmity, did he not? Yes. Amen. I I need to remind you here, right here. The Bible declares that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Hold on to that thought. (laughs) 
If you remember in the description of his name, he is a healer, he is a provider, he's full of love and compassion, and much more. Yes? Amen. Okay, let's continue. So, picture this. His reputation is known throughout the whole land. And here is Jesus, and he goes to a pool area. Now, by what a description of the pool area, it's about something like this. And there's people all around. Amen? And there's water in the middle here. I'm standing in the water. Amen? And Jesus walks in there. My question is, do you think those people have already heard about Jesus? If his reputation gone through the whole land, I'm sure they heard about him. Amen? But here's what I want to show you tonight. Now, hallelujah. So he goes into the pool area. Here are all the sick people, probably talking all among themselves, looking at, staring at the pool. Amen? They're looking at the water. They're talking to each other. What are they talking about? They're talking about their pain, their suffering, their misfortune, blaming it on whatsoever and whosoever. Amen? A lot of times when people are in pain or whatever it is, they blame it on somebody else. Some of them blame it on God. God did this to me. God's trying to teach me something. I've heard that. I've heard that. God's trying to teach me something. That's why he gave me the sickness. By everything we read about God, would God do that? No way. No, he wouldn't. God is a loving God. Amen? All good things come from God. So, no, he wouldn't do that. Can you imagine the negativity that was going on around this group? Whoa. It's like when you cross from Ontario to Quebec. You can feel the spirit. <laughs> it hits you. Whoa. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> now remember, they're there. They're waiting for an angel to come down once a year. Once a year. Come down to stir the water. Wow. <laughs> a lot of patience. And then the first one that reaches the water, he would get healed. Imagine what was going through their minds after that person had gotten healed. Well, he got there before me. He's lucky because he got there. He was, he was faster. He doesn't have the sickness I do. And so long and so forth. That's all going through their minds at that point. Imagine the thoughts, I believe, that maybe they were not so great thoughts. Like uh, maybe, oh, how come he was so, he, he got it and I didn't get it. You know, kind of thing. After that healed person had left the building, I was thinking about Elvis and I heard that, oh, Elvis has left the building. So that person said, bye-bye, he's gone. And then back to the negativeness, back to the blaming. Back to, oh, uh, uh, poor me. 
and so on and so forth for another year. What a life. What a life. So here Jesus walks into that pool area. He looks around. And he goes for the one person. Please picture this in your mind. He picks a person that has already been there for 38 years. When I was writing this, the Holy Spirit said, why did Jesus pick him? I said, okay, why? He said, isn't it possible to show that all that were there, that nothing would be impossible at that point? That all they have to do is ask? Did you ever think that? They could have been healed right there and then. And I am sure that they all saw what Jesus did, what happened. The guy got healed. The guy's been there for 38 years. All of a sudden, he looks at the crowd and goes, bye-bye. And he walks out. Amen? Oh, well, listen. Oh, I'm sure they all saw what happened. And I'm sure that Jesus had a very good reason to go to that specific place to perform that miracle. God is no respecter of people. What he does for one, he will do for all. Amen? Did Jesus ever refuse anyone from getting healed when they asked for it? Everywhere I look in the Bible, when somebody said, Lord, he was healed. Amen? He never refused anybody. And it started with a leopard. He didn't refuse him. He said, sure. He healed. Amen? Whew. So to me, when I was writing this, I said to myself, hello, wake up, people. Here is your healer, your redemption, your salvation. It's right in front of you. Get up and ask. Search. Doesn't the Bible say, seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. You know, a lot of Christian people today are actually doing the same thing. They're sitting, waiting at the pool area, so to speak. They are waiting <laughs> for the angel to come down and stir the waters of their lives. Everything we saw in the beginning of this preaching today was about what a great and marvelous God we serve. Is anything impossible for him? By all the descriptions that we have heard, the answer should be a great, big, emphatic, resounding no. Amen? It also says in the Bible that God wants you to live life to its fullness. Amen? He wants us to prosper as our soul prospers. In other words, God wants us to have all, even while we are still on good old earth. <laughs> all that heaven can offer and gives. The Bible declares that he wants to shower our lives with good gifts. Amen? 
from where come the gifts? From heaven. Amen? <laughs> My question is, do you think that heaven will run out of the blessings for us? You sure? Really? All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I am sure that God we serve has plenty of resources to take care of all of our needs. Amen? <laughs> My next observation here would be, are we sitting down looking at the pool, so to speak, or are we seeking the one that can help and is above the angels to come walking by us? Amen? I pray that while I'm going through this, that it's really working here. The hamsters are turning real good. Because God is letting you know today. You can be sitting there, and he can be walking right by here. And your miracle, and your healing, and your deliverance, and your salvation is walking by. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? At that pool, one person got healed. Now, I don't know how many were at that pool area, but I believe there were a lot of them. But only one got healed. Amen? You know, all they had to do at that pool was to look up and ask. They need to take the blessing while the healer was passing by. Amen? God has an unlimited supply of whatever you need today. So why not ask for the maximum? Amen. God wants to bless to the maximum that you can handle. Remember what the Bible says? His blessing is going to be so big that you're going to have a hard time containing all of it. Isn't that true? Did you read that somewhere in the Bible? I did. It means the blessing is so big. Oh, God, I can't handle it. It's too big. God has resources in heaven that include all body parts. Every part you can think of in your body, he's got parts for it up there. But I want to go even further this morning. Because when I was sitting in the back there, the Lord said, mentioned this also. God doesn't only deal in body parts. He also deals in emotions. He deals in the soul realm of your body, which are your five senses. Emotions play a big part in a lot of our sicknesses. Do you know that? Do you know that 
people are, feel rejection. Rejected people. Rejection, or the, 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 the spirit of rejection. It can affect your healing. It can affect your health. Because in the rejection part, there's also unforgiveness. And when you add those two together, they're lethal. They can really mess up your healing. They can mess up your recovery if you're in a hospital. They can mess up your life completely. So God said, that when, when I was doing this, God said, you know what? <laughs> Not just the physical, but also the emotional. Sometimes we can't handle it. A lot of us uh, have been walking with baggage. A lot of us have been walking with suitcases, big suitcases, and we drag that all through our lives. You know what those suitcases are full of? Rejection, negativity, uh, whatever happened in your life, the people that hurt you, the people that did not hurt you, the people that love you, the ones that didn't love you, it's all in those suitcases. Why is it in the suitcases? It's because people, when we first start, you repress it. You push it down. The more you push it down, it gets to the point where your body is up to here. So what do you do? You put it in a suitcase. And then you start all over again. Repress some more, repress some more. Repress. Oh, oh, another suitcase. I know it's graphic like that, but it's so true. It is so true. Everybody just puts it in there and drags it. It's time to let go. I don't know how many of you have ever seen that movie Frozen, but especially that song, Let It Go. Amen? Do you know that we can't let it go just by ourselves? You cannot just let it go by yourself. You can't even forgive completely by yourself. You may say, oh, I forgive you. I accept your apology and I forgive you. And then a few months later, bang, it hits you in your head. The thoughts of, oh, yeah, well, I'm thinking I'm still, it's still in there. And then you say, but I said, I said, I, I, I accept your apology. I, you know, I forgive you. But it's not out of you. Amen? Amen? It's not out of you. It's still in you. It may not be in a suitcase, but it's down here somewhere. And then it comes up and it hits you in the head. Hey, oh, you wake up and you go, oh, oh. How do I get rid of all this? The only person that can help you get rid of that, even today, is God himself. That's why God said, I am the vine. You are the branches. The branch cannot live without the vine. 
because the vine produces, gives you the food, it gives you the energy, it gives you everything you need. But when you're connected, which means God says, if, I, if I'm in you and you are in me, means that God is there. So if God is in there, God can help you remove that from you. Amen? I went through a very hard time when I was a youngster. And at one point, we were at a counseling course, and this pastor came up and prayed for me. And when she prayed for me, the Lord actually showed her my life. And she just stood there in front of me and cried. And then she prayed for me. And when she prayed for me, she prayed for me to be set free. It worked. It was like a 35-story building just went off my shoulders. And I started crying. <laughs> I don't usually do that in public, but I did. But it was the greatest cry I ever did. Because <laughs> it set me free. I had tried. I had tried every which way to get free by myself. It didn't work. But when you include God in it, then it works. God set me free that day. That's why I know that he can deal with your emotions as well as your physical healing. Amen? You know, coming back to the blessings is so big that you will not even be able to contain it if you paraphrase it. Doesn't it sound like or constitutes like maximum? Eh? I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, I am asking God for my maximum. We're going to open this altar in a few minutes. And as the Holy Spirit leads you and prompts you this morning, you need to get up and you need to come and request and receive your maximum from God. It could be just a touch from God. It could be a healing from God. It could be emotional, whatever it is. Whatever it is, God doesn't do anything for nothing. He put this message together, and he put it for a reason, to set people free. Like I said before, he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did then, he will do today, right now. The question is, are you like the pool people? You're going to watch the water for another year? Or are you going to come up and get what God has for you, which is the maximum? Like we said before, when we first started this service, God is in this house right now. And he's walking up and down, all around the rows, He's seen your heart. He's seen your hurts. 
He's seen your body. He knows all about it. Are you willing to get the water stirred by him? Not by an angel. By God. It's a lot better. Amen? It's a lot better. Because he can do a whole bunch of people. The angel can do one. Amen? Are you ready? All right. So we're going to open this altar. And as we do so, I want you to, as you're coming up, come up with, uh, in your heart, come up with, first of all, the word maximum. Because you need to get all that you need to get from God. That's his maximum that he can give you. And he will give you the maximum. And it's not hard for him. It'll be very easy for him to do that. Are you willing to receive it? That's the key question. If you're willing to receive it, and if you're willing to let God move, then as the Holy Spirit leads you, just come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. First thing I want to tell you is God loves you. Please remember that. <laughs> he loves you. He loves you with unconditional love. You know what unconditional love is? There's no condition to His love. No matter what we've done, no matter what we thought of, no matter how... The enemy is saying, ah, you're not worth it. You're this, you're that, whatever. <laughs> I say whatever. You know why? Because you're covered with one specific thing. You know what that is? The blood of Jesus. Amen? So when the Father looks down, what does he see? He sees the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen? So does he see your faults and your mis whatever? No. But what he does see is the sun in you. Amen. So as we pray, I'm going to get my brother and the pastor.